Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Rawcast. My name's James Price, here to take you through the Aussie that is supporting the Brisbane Raw Football Club. And, well, it's been some ups and downs over this past week, and I've got two fine gentlemen with me to talk you through all the highs and lows as we cover them. And it's a fond return. He been, hasn't been on for a little while. Mr. Danny Butts, how are you, good sir? Hi, it's the um, second best Rawcast editor checking in. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's it. Uh, you know, and I do appreciate when you do do the occasional edit. Uh, and the green dinosaur himself is back again, Mr. Yeshiva. How are ya? Uh, I'm starting to feel like I'm becoming a uh, regular member of this show. This is getting a bit scary. <laughs> yes, that's yeah, that's it. You you probably almost got the longest streak of appearing on the show at the moment. Um, Look, that just shows yeah. we're, we're we're all we're sharing it all around. We're um we're not we're not relying on. Um, regular three people every week. We're helping out, so yes, Plus, much, like the Bris- much like the Brisbane Raw attack, we're just sharing around. Uh, you know, COVID. The, some of the parts will. Uh, <laughs> just sharing around COVID. Better. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Look, I mean, we don't need to let the listeners in behind the curtain to our secret magic. <laughs> just saying that that would actually require Brisbane Raw to actually have an attack. So uh, we actually we actually have a group of people that can do podcasts. An attack. Mm. We'll get into that, we'll get, we'll get into that we're, fairly. We're fairly getting soon. really good. We're three games in a row. We've scored one goal. That's where you know. That's that's something. Consistent. You know, it's better than the 420 minutes we went before that without a goal. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and but you know, can't have two goals in a game, especially a home game, because then we'd have to buy the the the, um, the Big Macs and well, 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 can't yeah. afford that. I was but hanging out for that. I was like, oh my god, Monday's going to be so good. <laughs> You'll just have to live with your free small McCafe coffee instead. <laughs> well, don't, don't forget the 20% off voucher. Don't forget that either. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Um, so we will... Oh, no, we'll let the A-League women's after that because there's not much to talk about with them. So let's do a little bit of A-League men. So they played the two games, of course, over the past week. So it was Brisbane Rule 1, Henry Hoare in the 77th minute with his first professional goal for Brisbane. And uh, Daniel Sturridge, nil. And he mostly sat on the bench. So really, his, the rest of his birth glory team did also not score. So uh, 5,637 in attendance, which surprised the pants off me that a game with about three days' notice um, got five and a half thousand people uh to it but uh you know well done to them and i suppose it was still school holiday so um yeah people sort of got around it um booking scotty neville picked up one in the 44th minute uh for us and uh that was quickly followed by warren moon picking one up as well which we'll get into in a minute uh mitch Arkesborough, of course formerly of this parish uh, in the 85th minute i actually forgot that signed him and uh henry hall picked up one himself uh in the 90 plus third let's see what did you think of this one overall Oh, it's it's hard. We we did the job, I guess. That's the nicest way of putting it. <laughs> we weren't, yeah. we weren't flashy. We didn't do more than we needed to. We, um, but look, we did the job. We were definitely the better team. We held the ball more. We created more chances. I think we had something like eleven first half shots. I'm not sure how many were on target, but yeah, we created and we we eventually got one. Um, uh, look, we did the job. So I I don't want to be too harsh on the team for that one. Yeah, that's it. You were sitting next to me, Nate, and it felt like we were sort of in that first half. Um, you know, it, it was all it was all up the far end, which was the attend that we were attacking. The of course the league's club end, and yeah, they were pretty good. But then Perth just didn't really bring much to the table at all. So we're twenty four shots overall, but see, just to um, wow, just to uh, mark down your point, and apparently nine of them on target. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, Perth, yeah, just really, Perth just really didn't bring that much to the table. I think what they were more focused on was uh, 
a certain uh, player on the bench who is apparently the uh, biggest thing in the A League right now. And um, from what and from what you've been telling me, apparently deserves to have a sideline commentator work next to him for the game. If that's what you were saying. Uh, that's apparently what was happening on the TV coverage. Of course, we were at the game, so um, wasn't really okay. watching it. But apparently, it went to him a lot, and yeah, it was all like uh, Daniel Sturridge. Well, he's still sitting on the bench. Like, of course, he's still sitting on the freaking bench. <laughs> at uh, one point, he they um, he was on the bench, but he wasn't like fully kitted up, <laughs> and he was warming up without like shin guards on and stuff like that. And yeah, so at one point they like filmed him running from where he was warming up back to the bench to get his shin pads and put them on. <laughs> he even cut the corner. He ran on the field and like, oh, is he going to get book fat before he even comes on? Ooh, <laughs> While the play was down the other end. <laughs> Speaking of the Purple Ori bench, can I just say, I never thought I would see a bench with these three names together. I never thought I would see a bench that has Daniel Sturridge, Itch, Oxborough, and Liam Reddy together in one. I, it st- doesn't a... compute to me. I, it, now it does, the fact that they've been signed, but if you ever said to me, those three would be all on the bench together one day, I'd be like, yeah, you're joking. I mean, it's completely disrespectful <laughs> to absolute worldwide football champion Liam Reddy um, that he was on the bench. So, you know, it's uh, just unacceptable. Um, how are we going to have the Liam Reddy zone of, uh, <laughs> when he goes uh, wandering the... out of goals and does it... stupid things? Is <laughs> We've already What's lost. It? We've already lost all our chance and fun against uh, Eugene Golekovic and his and his mother. Um, yeah. We've only got so long left of Liam Reddy before. Um... Yeah, well, that's it. And it seems like he's already been replaced as old Liam Reddy. So uh, yeah, bit sad. To be fair, the Perth keeper played pretty good, apart from the one score up where Shane only scored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He seemed like he's in perfectly good form. So um, yeah, yeah, maybe then this is the end of Liam Reddy. So um, you know. And uh, he did cop a bit of banter, actually. He did, he did um, cop a bit of you're not ready banter, and uh, he took it well. So, uh, <laughs> just two on two right. levels. It's good. That's right. I do, I do remember he clapped, the, um, he clapped our home end um, at the end, gave us a bit of a, yeah, good work, lads. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Daniel Sturridge came on. He didn't do much. He had that one free kick, didn't he? Um, just towards mm. the end. Oh, he had that one moment where he totally did pour Truen the skills. He just shimmied left, shimmied right, and then Truen tried to lunge and he was past him. Didn't amount to anything, but boy, it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. And look, full credit to Sturridge. He, uh, uh, he was taking a lot of photos post-game as well. So, um, you know, that's uh, in signing stuff and doing all that sort of stuff that you want sort of, uh, you know, a big-name marquee like that to do. So, um, hmm. yeah, and hey, we didn't let him score, so good on us. Um, Shiva, the Moon Man, he got a bit, uh, a bit angry at one stage there. What do you think of uh, think of that? Are you, re- are you referencing our, our main man uh, Warren? There, just yes, just yeah, yeah, the yeah. moon man. I don't, I don't refer to anyone else in this uh, in our squad makeup as the moon man, as the main moon man. <laughs> um, I will be honest. At first, I wasn't entirely sure what it was possibly for at first, but having actually seen back now some of the footage, uh, it makes sense why Warren was a little bit um was a little bit upset. But um, I think he actually um. I get the right words out here. He actually did a good service to him in terms of cult status with Brisbane Raw, because well, look, look the bit the um the sideline really enjoyed how how excited he got, and it was good to see actually some pa- it was good to see some passion as well from Warren. He's always got the passion, but it was good to see him actually like showing it a bit more when it comes to the nitty gritty. If you're kind of getting what I'm trying to say there. 
Yeah, I definitely noticed at the start of the Adelaide game, he got a big rousing. Um, I think he always gets a bit of applause when he comes over, but definitely at the start of the Adelaide game, he got a big, you know, rousing, um, you know, appreciative sort of um, applause, uh, welcome, I guess, from the, you know, from the from the main stand there. So, um, yeah, they definitely appreciated it. Did you see much in that one, Butsy? Or? Uh, I mean, the yellow card, yeah, he definitely deserved it. <laughs> Going off his rocker, the foul oh, yeah. itself, I think it was a foul in a yellow card, yeah. I think Moon was more upset with a, a series of things that led up to that, and that was just the one where the player was in the ear and the ref was nearby, and he just unloaded on everyone that was nearby. And yeah, deserving yeah. yellow cards, as far as I'm concerned. I know that I've seen some pictures going around and stills of where people's feet are and stuff, but momentum wise, Fornaroli had the ball and was going one way, and Neville was just blocking without actually playing at the ball. So it's yellow card, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, look, I mean, yeah, like, as you said, you know, we had a lot of chances in that first half and it just sort of seemed like we were flashing balls across the box and, you know, mm. just couldn't get a foot or a toe on it. And it's, you know, it was all down the other end. It was very little up our end at the den end of um, in which Perth Glory were taking that first half. So, yeah, sort of probably disappointed that, um, yeah, hadn't, you know, hadn't put the finishing touches on. Well, I've got but, a uh, question for you, Pricey. So Perth for that game coming off the back of about a month of not playing. And as far as we're concerned, was that our third match in a week? Yes, I was third match in a week. So which one would you prefer to be in that situation? Because we would be feeling some fatigue after a long break in a few games, but they have had no match fitness. Uh, I think it's been pointed out that you need the run. You're much better for the run. So like we were awful in the FFA Cup game against the NFC, the first one of those three, and they're much better for the run the second game. Both Gory, they were woeful against us because they were yep. just sluggish and out of it, and I think you need the run, and then they wouldn't beat Sydney FC on the weekend on a four-day turnaround. So <laughs> to me, yeah, I think the... The better for the run methodology than than the over and look to be fair like we rotated around the team a fair bit as well so mm. um i think that helps um that yeah, has helped well you know a lot of it was forced that we had to rotate but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it forced him to rotate and, and rotate he did so um yeah, yeah um i think that clarifies it well yeah yeah that's it i think so that's at least i think that's with hindsight i mean sometimes you mm. wouldn't think oh three games in it you know against a team that's been off for a month but uh, I think it's almost like another preseason being off for a month. Uh, a two, yeah. you know, a nice break is a week or two off, not a month. And half, and if you didn't know, half of Perth Glory's team went to Sydney, and the other half went back to Perth. So they haven't even been like together until oh, yeah. basically they came back together. Yeah. So I think half of them, like the ones that like had no interest in, you know, they have no family sitting in Perth. They're like, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to go to Sydney and not have to deal with, <laughs> you yeah. know, the whole WA. You know, let, let us know when you get back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, so that's, there, you know, and now the board has been pushed back, like, who knows when those poor buggers are going to get to go home now. So, yeah. um, anyway, that's, that's, a pro- that's a problem for the Perth Glory podcast to discuss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair uh, enough. Yeah, well, right, so let's talk about the goal that actually did happen. Um, Henry Hoare, well, no, I was about to call him Mitch Hall there. I don't know what else, there's a few Mitches mm-hmm. in this game, but not, not him, Henry Hoare. Um, sort of really Johnny on the spot, wasn't he? Just uh, not at home, um, but the... What was the Perth Glory goalkeeper doing there, Butsy? No, <laughs> I know. I didn't actually, I guess, not pay enough attention to it. He, did he slip or was he bumped? I didn't quite catch it. Yeah, I thought maybe his own player maybe sort of knocked him. And then there was that wild foot and I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, what I can't work out is if Hall attacked that ball and headed it in or if he was kind of recalling from the flying boot and then his <laughs> just head was in the right place to direct it into the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say he attacked it. Hey. As you said, Johnny on the spot, which is the half the battle in football, so good on him. Yeah, that's it. Right place, right time. Nods at home from 
you know, a meter out. Um, celebration was worth it. He had the big tongue out, like, ah, and then everyone piled on and buried him. And <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it was a good celebration, wasn't it? Yeah, the players must be really a nice guy him. if everyone got really excited like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the bench that they got around him as well, didn't they? Um, they yeah. all sort of spilled on the field, and yeah, big pile on. Yeah, that no, was good. Good late goals. Late goals always fun. But someone who uh, after that yeshiva, who was almost in about the same um, distance out, was Parsons, and he made a real meal of it, didn't he? Uh, he definitely did. I mean, it was good to see Parsons back, just for starters. It was good to see he was recovered out of whatever coffin that he'd football coffin he'd been put into. But yeah, that that should have really been two nil uh, on the night at that point. But look, I'm just happy that um, uh, lovely Henry um, uh, did put one away for us because it would have um, it would have felt like a really bad defeat had of um, your storage somehow have scored a goal and made it one one. Yeah, which I, funnily enough, I'm just I'm just watching him just actually right now with the um, the free kick that he made in the um, in the game, and it was um, yeah a bit tragic. But yeah, Parsons, I remember now it was more difficult for Parsons to miss than it was yeah. to get the goal. Yeah, it was literally yeah he was it was like he was going for a um, oh, sorry words are failing me here a crossbar challenge. That's almost like he was going <laughs> what he was going for. Oh look, let's just be thankful we won a game because. We got three points. Three points in the A League. Something I don't think we thought we'd be saying um, anytime soon. Well, that's it. I mean, we did win a game. So, yay, we won a game. We won a game. We won a game. We won a game. How shit must we be? <laughs> I, 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 I do think as well, because I know we're going to talk about the next game, which sadly did maybe bring us a bit back down to earth, but I think it did help maybe just build a little bit of momentum to be like, all right, lads, look. Not the best side in the world by far. We are definitely not number one. We're probably just lucky to even be a final side. But look, you can you can do the business. You can get out there. Perth wasn't on the bottom, so yeah. Yeah. Oh, look. I think that's you know when when you can sort of get enough of it working together. We're an okay team, um, but you need all the components working. So uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Probably one other. I think um, Dave thought that Lascano had a really good game. Um, in this one. Yes, I'm on that. the Dave side. Yes. I'm on the Dave side, okay. Yeah, everyone hates Lascano except me and Dave, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you I tell you what, this is my take, because I've made notes, as I do, <clears throat> and I've got notes about Lascano. Anyway, in general, the problem he had was he has the skills, but he tried to do too much, especially without the ball, and so he was forever out of position. And I think the Perth game was the first time where he stayed in the middle and he stayed up front and he didn't chase all the way back to our and yard box and all that other shit. And he didn't run out to the wing and get the ball and then have no one to cross to. And he, he didn't do all that like less important running. He just stayed central and he received and he distributed and he was there for headers in the box and he was there trying to make runs onto through balls or coming inside to make room for Miliuznic to overlap him. That's what he's there for, and that's the kind of player he is, and he did that reasonably well. I think if he does more of that and we get used to using that, he will show why we signed him. Excellent. And then he's injured. Yeah, he's injured. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You know, that's, that's the same with, like, Parsons. You know, Parsons finally gets himself out of whatever weird coffin he was in for not being able to play, and he got himself injured again. And, yeah. you know, all of a sudden, we're, apparently we're running out of strike and running out of attacking players when we get to the other game, which we'll get to in a second. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I like him. That's all I wanted to say is I get why people are frustrated, but it's important to identify why he doesn't look good. And the reason was if he was always out of position. 
And so he was trying to do things from bad positions. And I think if he focuses on just being a striker, be a bit lazier, be a proper, like people call it number nine, just, just be that guy. And I think the more he does that, the more people will get used to, like they'll like what, he, what they see because he's got the skills. You can see it. He just needs to use it. Fair enough. I'll take that on board. I'll take that. <laughs> Pricey <Yeah>. disagrees. <laughs> uh, I think I, I do agree that he was better in that game um, for sure. That's his best game for us so far. So, um, but I think that's been a pretty low bar. Um, but then I think I know we <laughs> talked about that. You know, he needs to find out with the other team. You know, how does he work with the team? And who knows with the chopping changing around? How do you even make that work and get that sort of going? And as, you know, so yeah, I he was better yeah. in this game. He's certainly not nowhere near our worst ever import. Sort of, you know, that we was can't decide better. if he's the next the next Barisha or if he's the next goal goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're at right now. To, yeah. to, become, to become our worst ever imports, he needs to become. A Chinese and needs to be a, a pack a day smoker um, because that's our worst <laughs> import so far as a, a Chinese um, striker. Pricey, before I get too off topic, there is one final thing that you I think we haven't mentioned yet about the game, which was quite intriguing from a, a stats point of view. Um, I'm going to tag on to it once you've um, kindly read it out. Um, oh, I was just going to, I was actually just going to add on about Lascano as well. There was a really cute moment after the game, which um, happened right in front of us as we went to sort of as we were waiting as um, he got like his kid out of the crowd and the kid was on the, you know, he's only a little toddler sort of thing to, old enough to walk, but, and just kick a football sort of thing. And yeah, so he had, um, had his little kid, I don't know sure if it was a boy or girl out there, out there with yeah. him. So um, that was um, a nice little moment as well. So Oh, that's cool. I like things like that because it means he's brought his family and they're trying to enjoy the Aussie life. You know, that's the sort of thing I want to see. Yeah, exactly. Let's, and that's 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 the sales point of the A League, right? Like that's yeah. yeah. yeah let's so, let's um, give give Lescano more time. He's just, he just needs a bit more time to really fit into whatever box that he's trying to fit into. Yeah. So, maybe score inside. Yeah. All right. Anything more else you wanted to really? And I will get onto that last point that I have in the run sheet. But uh, anything else more you yeah. want to talk about from that game? I'm good. You're good. You're good. All right. Yeah. So it did leave us. So apparently, so it did leave us. We are apparently undefeated on Wednesday nights point in the A-League, because literally we lost the previous Wednesday night in the FFA Cup, for like 10 games. Um, so I did I did do a little bit of research. I only went back about six games to confirm, uh, but it did seem true. So those six <laughs> games were over about the last so over about the last two, three seasons, I think. I think I went back uh, about three seasons. Jesus. And then I was like, oh, I'm getting well back. You know, like, we're getting back into when John Alusu was manager, and to be honest, uh, maybe we've only played about 10 A-League games on Wednesday nights. Like, it hasn't been a common night for us to play A-League. We're the Wednesday Warriors. Six, like Wednesday Warriors. Six, six, six games is so cute. The reason why I brought it up is because right now I'm actually uh, using Ultimate A-League to um, deep dive. Um, currently, the I'm up to a win we had against Western Sydney Wanderers on Wednesday, 1st of January 2020. That's And I'm at the moment, going back into season 2018-19. So uh, at some point during this pod, um, I'll be able to give you the confirmed um, exact stat with Ultimate A-League's mm. help. Yeah, and keyword, it's just undefeated. Like, we haven't won them all. But, um, yeah, it's a, apparently a player out of Wednesdays in the A-League. Uh, who knew? But that didn't make any sense of last year. We put all those games on Tuesdays. <laughs> apparently, we need to be on Wednesdays. Damn it, not Tuesdays. <laughs> Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Who needs them damn Saturday night game ratings? <laughs> Get on exactly. a Wednesday. Get on a Wednesday. That's why they hey, put the more, game on the Wednesday. We had a better <laughs> attendance on a Wednesday than we did on a, on a Sunday afternoon. So, uh, you know, <laughs> who knows how the TV ratings That's work. That's worrying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. oh, let's see. I'll get to it in a second. I've got a little stat there. It's not really that much difference. So, yes, yeah, that's sure. that was a nice little win. 1-0 over Perth uh, coming off it. 
which then did roll around very quickly into Sunday, uh, sort of, yeah, it's more evening, uh, it's late afternoon, evening, out there, of course, at uh, your local newspaper stadium, and it was a Brisbane Raw 1 that Mila Yusnich in the second minutes got us off to an absolute flyer, and there was even a shot before that, actually, as well, that was... Um, Nearly went in, and uh, but then Adelaide, yeah, they started to grind the gears and really pulled away three. Goodwin with the double, he's still a very handy player. It's great Goodwin to have in the A-League. Um, so he scored the penalty in the 24th minute and uh, finished it off in the 85th. And Stefan Mork in his last game for them before jetting off to the J-League uh, picked up a penalty in the 48th minute. 5,269 people in attendance, which was 368 people less than the Wednesday night. Does that mean that that was about roughly how many people came to see Daniel Sturridge? <laughs> I'll let you be the uh, the judge of that, listeners. Um, bookings, Mohamed Turo in the 28th minute for Adelaide, picking up Jesse Taylor in the 40th for an absolute horrendous challenge. Um, he picked one up in the 40th. Yes, uh, yes, in the 54th, also for an absolutely horrendous challenge. Might have actually been back on Jesse Daly as well, um, from memory. And Stefan Mock picked one up in the 69th minute um, as well, as he had a, a pretty... Um, he had an intense second half, I think, Stefan Mock, fair to say. But see... <laughs> This one started well, and then, yeah, it sort of fell away pretty quickly. What do you think of this one? Yeah, and as you said, it wasn't like they made the mistake that led to the goal, but mm. it wasn't just that. Like, we actually came out quick. You, you mentioned Jay O'Shea nearly scoring early. We, we really did. Um, and I think as you, exactly as you described it, we, we went out hard and hot, and it, like Adelaide just took a bit of time to switch on, and once they did, then we had trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was that was sort of my feeling. Is like we sort of continued our momentum from the Perth game, where you know we said before what twenty eight shots or something like that, and it sort of felt like that same momentum. And yeah, we scored early, and then we just then slowly Adelaide just got themselves grinded themselves back into the game, and um, yeah, and just sort of started to shut down the options. And maybe maybe this is when the tiredness kicked in and started to hurt us. You know, four games in uh, four games in fourteen days or something like that, um, or fifteen days. But maybe this is when the tiredness kicked in. I don't know. Yeshiva, what did you think uh, about our great start and? With the goal by Milan Um, Well, actually, what you just said there about um, possibly the tiredness coming in, I hadn't really even factored that in until um, until this point. That's actually possibly one of the reasons why. But I think Adelaide just, like, mostly overall, they had better goods over us. I mean, I, I fucking knew that Craig Goodwin would score against us in this game. It's like it's a scientific fact. But is it a bad thing that I wouldn't mind Goodwin in our side? A bad thing. Oh, I wouldn't mind Goodwin. Goodwin's, Goodwin's one of the best players in the A League. Like you know, yeah. he's 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 one of the highest paid. I think because he I don't know if he's still technically on loan back from like a Saudi club or a UAE club or something that he sort of went to and is back from. And as he sort of tends to do, he goes somewhere and then stops playing. He's like, oh, I want to play, so he comes back to Adelaide United. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. he's. He's like he's a really good A League player, like he, which is enough then that other places look and go, oh, well, maybe we should try him, but then it doesn't quite work out or whatever. But you know, he works when he plays for Adelaide, so you know, who knows whether he'd work for us? But hey, he's got an A League level. Um, really though, we should have we should have really drawn this game quite possibly because Mook. I always pick his name up. Milay, you snitch. Millay, as in Jerry Milanak, Millay Yedanak, you, then Snitch. Millay Snitch. Yeah, this is. Yeah. I always have trouble sometimes with these names. He he had two attempts on goal where he took um just a couple of steps too many, and he really should have scored. Uh, two goals, two goals in that game. Um, also, yeah, yeah there was a chance right at the end of the first half, wasn't there, where he just sort of he got through and then just 
but then sort of a poor touch took him wide and, and it was sort of the, the highs and lows of Milosevic in <laughs> summed up in <laughs> in one, one sort of passage. One touch to mitts um also um fuck getting my daily dose of Malk because uh, I don't want that. Fuck Malk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I will say probably for that first goal, uh, that um, it was seemed pretty poor goalkeeping. Like he really, I don't know, he was sort of out of position and then to wake on the wrong way. But it, the ball literally basically went right past his right hand and he didn't save it. So, um, you know, it was probably a bit fortuitous that we did actually score there early as well. I think and that's without the defending mistake that mm, yeah. led to that too. Because that was just a lazy. It's the first minute of the game. I haven't really warmed up or stretched properly or something, and I didn't wasn't in the right position and I did a late defensive like lunge and I just didn't get the ball at all and <laughs> let the striker through one on with the keeper. So it was a comedy of errors. I'm not even sure there's a shot was exactly good off the boot. Like it did enough. But it kinda went straight down the middle when he could have side footed it into either corner of the net. So Yeah. A a collection of errors. But here's my here's my question back to you, Pricey. Really is niche we've just said he created some chances and he scored a goal. Um, he had a couple of times as well on top of that where he was like he could have set up a goal if he just played the right pass or executed a pass better. And so do you like a guy like that that do you praise him for making all those opportunities where other players may not have done it and him sort of lacking a bit of execution to finish them or set them up or whatever? Or is that just he's just not good enough if he's getting into positions like that and not making it count? He's a little bit of a one-trick pony, is Miller usage. Like he's got amazing pace, um, yeah. you know, which will get him into good positions. Um, you know, he's reasonably tricky if he's got the ball at the feet. Uh, yeah, so he's he's got some things that work for him. But yeah, I mean that's but the whole package of putting it all together as a as a you know constant threat. And you know, Craig Goodwin is a great person to compare him with. They were both in Adelaide. Um, yeah, I think Miller usage mm. basically filled the Goodwin gap while he disappeared off overseas for a bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you'd definitely rather Craig Goodwin because Craig Goodwin will constantly make good decisions around, you know, crossing, shooting, running. Uh, you know, mm. that's that's his advantage where Millie Snitch doesn't. So um, I think there's a reason Millie Snitch ended up in Brisbane. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I, I joked, on top of that, like I joked that I wish Millie Snitch would stop scoring because then we wouldn't have to keep playing him. But, <laughs> you know, like that's that's how I feel on the whole thing. It's fine when he scores, but all the times that he probably should have done better, like... It's only okay so long as he still manages to get one every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't a, put up with it else. It's just a classic winger, though, isn't it? Like, you know, they'll score uh, you one goal in, like, six games, and you're like, oh, yes, that's why he's good. And, and then you keep him around, and then it's like you, you have three, four games where he just seems to make the, they make the wrong decision, and you're like, oh, why the hell are we playing this donkey? And all of a sudden, they'll do something good again. And, oh, you know, it's, it's, that's, the, that's the, uh, the cycle of a, of a frustrating winger in football, I think. Um, yeah, if you get a good one, the manager or a fan of that. Exactly. It's like so you either keep you keep playing them, hoping they'll be good, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. eventually, and then if you know, uh, you know uh, you're on a hiding to nothing with um with uh, <laughs> flaky wingers. Uh, um, what did you, what did you think of um O'Shea almost leading the line at times? Like those times when he was legitimately actually like doing the pressing up front um, in this one, but. Was it just a sign that we sort of didn't really have many other attacking options at our disposal? It was just sort of, these are the parts we had to put a team on the pitch. Run, run, James, run. <laughs> James, John, Jay, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a breath of fresh air having him further up the park. I think it's amazing. I think he's playing, he, he's 
touching the ball about the same amount of times as he was when he was deeper, which is only a positive because it means we're getting more touches on an attacking player up the field. The problem is no one else to bloody is on the same level. <laughs> can't, can't understand what he's trying to do or doesn't know when to make the runs or I don't know what it is, but mm. he's good. To just We need to find a way to utilize it. He, it like, almost seemed like he was on my sphere. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely like number 10, false nine in this one. And yeah. he still had, yeah, Miller Usnich yeah. and I think Akbari, Akbari and Hall maybe on the side was sort of swapping around. Yeah, I think I think we're playing like up. a 4 four two three one, and he's the one attacking mm. mid, but it's a bit spongible if he's playing for as like an overlapping kind of shadow striker or if he's playing like a a striker that drops in or whatever. They just basically said, you, you're that space. Get the ball whenever you want. Yeah, <laughs> everyone else, give it to him because he's the good well, it's like he's the quality I, player. <laughs> it's like what I was saying about Lascano. I know Lascano didn't play in Adelaide, but the idea is Lascano, you just stay there. Don't get in the way of Jay. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, let Jay go and do everything, and you just stand there and score the goals or lay off the wingers, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. your job. Run away, so that's bring, bring, drag, defenders, drag defenders out of his way so he can yeah. go do his thing. Yeah. Oh, but when we were playing Hoare or Parsons or someone else as the, the Lascano role, it probably kind of. Is different because they run a lot more than, or they just naturally are more wingers, so they roam a lot more. So maybe it looked a bit different. Maybe O'Shea did fill that gap a bit more. I don't know, mm. but him being further up the field is definitely more valuable, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, penalty one, Mister Yoshida. It was that was the one that played outside the box, and then I think a VAR overall to inside the box. Any thoughts on that one? I mean, and we all know our thoughts on VAR, but looking back, I. I just don't think that was a penalty. I just don't think there was enough of a touch there. But VAR thinks what VAR does, and to be fair, we were quite... It continued the theme of the whole... Enough of a touch... Are you thinking the first one or the second one? Because uh, enough of a touch for a penalty was was the clip of the leg for the second one. This was the handball in the box. Uh, that's that's the one I was... That's the one I was... I was thinking... You're talking about the first one here, right? The... Yeah, the first one is the penalty... Is the handball on Scotty... Scotty Neville, I think? Yeah, no. This, this, this one. I, I thought it was just not not as much as a touch. I thought, but that continued just the whole theme of the game. With so there's a lot of uh, tension about how the referee was. Um, really should have gone to spec savers or was um, really not having a fun time. Um, I didn't think it should have been a penalty for, for me, but VAR does what VAR does, and mm. it kind of set out the whole game in motion of us not winning that game. That first penalty for me, like obviously we were right behind it. Uh, of course, it's at the far end, and I sort of saw a line went, "Oh, that looks like a handball." Like we sort of like that direct, almost like straight on look straight down the field, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, that looks a penalty." And then it's sort of like, "Oh, I'll pay the free kick outside the edge of box." And oh, okay. And then sort of you know, then we wait. He puts his finger on his ear, and then he goes trundling mm. over the sideline, and then because uh, uh, actually no. Wednesday night we had no replays for some reason. Like it just sort of seemed like a live oh, camera really? feed. Yeah, we didn't have any replays. Uh, but yeah, we did on. We clearly had like the Paramount feed on the big screens on um on the uh, Sunday and yeah, got the yep. replays. And obviously, yeah, they're looking at that and it was like, oh, it's actually it's inside the box. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm not actually quite sure whether I don't. I think it's right on the edge. I don't know what the penalty What's the rule, rule. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like because I reckon the if ball that was, were a goal line. Was a Goal line, the whole of the ball, well, the goal line, the whole of the ball has across the whole of the line, which... And I don't think that's what happened here on the top of the penalty box. No, so maybe, but I reckon all of the ball was at least inside the box or were in line with the line. Mm, um, yeah. I think Maybe line, the arm's inside the line, so the yeah. handball is technically inside the line. Yeah, and know. that definitely was. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'd have to go and 
Yeah, hit up your favourite um, local officiating uh, on, uh, <laughs> on Twitter or social media uh, and uh, find out the exact definition. Because, yeah, it's not one I actually know off the top of my head, the exact definition of where is in or out of the box. But if it was in, fair, and then Greg Goldman's stepping up and you're like, ah, yeah. He, <laughs> he sold the eyes the wrong way and yeah, poor um, freak didn't have any chance, I don't think, with that one. Yeah, and we, we've already covered probably Mork rolling up the crowd a bit, did you? Did you enjoy this? Uh, the, um... Uh, what do you want to call it? The uh, proud engagement of Mork. That's a terrible term for it, but the uh, <laughs> they might call it some shithousery. I don't know. <laughs> My only thing with Mork is when he got rolled up and then he got that card later in the game. And like, if I'm a player, like, if this is the thing, right? And this is where Dave would definitely agree to shithousery. If this is Sunday League footy, if someone gets that rolled up like he did, what you do is you tap if it's Jesse Daly or someone, and you just move him for five minutes to somewhere else, and you put someone who isn't on a yellow card near Mork, and next time Mork gets the ball, you just take him out. <laughs> and just that person, whoever it is, if it's O'Shea or Steinman, or you just go get a winger or someone, and you just say, all you got to do is next time he touches the ball, take him out. And then, because all that does is whatever Mork is feeling, it just amplifies it times 10, and he's got a chance of losing his cool. Yeah, what we on. did is next time Moore got the ball, he was standing in like our attacking third and he just got it, took about five touches and turned and passed it off. And you're like, moment is gone. And so it's like, I, I wish we had a bit more argy bargy in us. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Apart from Jesse Daly, we, we don't have a lot in us, do we? Like we're, we're actually pretty clean. And that's where probably the youngness of the team as well comes into it. I mean, yeah, and experience, because you've got to do that in the right way. Obviously, you don't want someone to hurt more. You just need to kick him so he knows you're there. You know, <laughs> so mm. it's a fine line. This is where you need an Isais or someone who's they know how to do that <laughs> all day long. Brandon O'Neill's the best at it for Perth, so yeah, yeah he's had to create fouls without getting too much punishment. Mm. <laughs> but we did the same for Fornaroli. We had that incident where Moon gave him an earful and it blew up, and the next time Fornaroli touched the ball, no one, no one kicked him, and you're like, well, that was your chance to really get on his nerves, but you, you kind of just let the moment pass. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, and yeah, I think the second penalty, um, yeah, second penalty with the touch in the box, eh, it's a pretty light contact for a penalty. But uh, you know, VAR doesn't overall, which is probably fair. You know, it wasn't there was contact, so it's not a overall for a complete mistake. Yeah. And is that why everyone hates Steinman, or is it because of a calamity of a collection of issues, or is it just that that made everyone hate him? I honestly don't know. I don't know whether Steinman hates. Come. I don't think Steinman's been amazing for us. I don't know whether it's no. just a general. No. But I also don't think Steinman has been an absolute like calamitous wreck for us either. It was hearing the crowd abuse towards him. It was like God, we we didn't even we didn't even do that to Golgo, and he he was our you know <laughs> he was probably the the lowest of the low in terms of sadly um, doing the, the right business in terms of quality for, versus position. But and uh, it's, it can't be a good time if we're starting to if so, there may be areas starting to chant against our players. It's like. Don't be doing that. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how... Seven or eight games into the season. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's funny how it just sort of seemed like it's like the, the win from Wednesday night was just gone. Like, oh, you know, we, all of a sudden we're losing and it's like all this, you know, this anger is flowing out. I was like, hang on, we did win like four days ago. Did everyone else have a brain fade like you, Fatsy, and just forget <laughs> that we even won that game? Like, you know, it's... like We haven't been amazing this season, but yeah, it's just sort of, it was just interesting that it's a complete turn and yeah, like I mean, and we'll see it, and we'll get to your good, bad, uglies in in uh, in a little bit, listeners. And there's there's some varied opinions on Steinman in there as well. So, um, yeah, I think 
I think this reminds us of how, as in general, us us as football fans, we can sometimes be quite fickle in terms of um, remembering, you know, just what only happened a few days ago. You can, you, you know, you can have a 5-0 win against a team and then suddenly, you know, lose 3-0 and suddenly it's like everyone's against you. We're very fickle. Some yeah. of, we can be very fickle, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, maybe it's just different. Like watching a game of football from like behind the goals is different to the sidelines. Like you definitely see different things, that's for sure. Like, um, mm. so, you know, different perspectives on the game and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's funny. It's just it's a funny old game football. I, I just find well, that's it, why I asked because you guys would have definitely seen it different to the telecast and everything. I was trying to read the read the room, which you don't get from from behind TV screen and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, well, I had a work colleague who was at the game and um, uh, he was sitting over in the sideline area and he said, like, you know, the sideline, like, behind Warren Moon were well into what Matty Steinman was doing and, but, you know, mm. he was, you know, covering cross and, you know, really sort of appreciated his efforts and yet then, you know, behind the goals, it's it's abuse at him and it's like, I, don't, I just don't know. I just don't know where it's all come from. So, yeah, I just, I just find, like, the disappointment that it was... I just find the disappointment serious. Like, hang on, we are still only seven games in. It is a 26-game season. Like, we're still clearly finding our feet. And, yeah, it's a young team. And, you know, it's just... Uh, it just feels a little bit too early mm. for anger. Like, you know, you can't look at this squad and go, oh, yeah, we should be challenging for the league here. Like, you know, that anger needs to be directed at our owners and you know, into Chris Fong and the Bakri group. So whichever one technically runs us slash owns us, not, not Warren Moon and the players. Like, as long as they're giving an effort. And I think they still gave an effort. I don't think they gave up on the weekend. Um... Mm. Well, I want to let me let's frame that a little bit. Um, the way I see it is, we've got a bunch of pretty good players. Like Moon hasn't just picked anyone; he's, he's picked out the the cream of the crop in the NPL. I think that's fine. That the problem is we're just lacking, like, yeah, a few of the extra A League established players or the cohesion that takes time for a manager to imprint, imprint his style upon a club because this has been a bit of a reset in terms of number of players and it's been a, such a broken preseason and, and season that Mooney hasn't really had a chance to instill a style. So we're missing those two features. We don't have quite enough A-League established players and we, don't, we don't, haven't had the time to put together a, a thing. Now, whether it will come good, that's, that's, that'll be telling us if Moon can do it or not. Um, but it's still too early to really judge all that stuff because you, you go through a team and you can't fault so many of the players. Like we saw Adams play well, Hall's doing well, Lofthouse is pretty handy, Akbari's coming along. You know, like all these younger players are pretty good. We just we just haven't really had the ideal opportunity and we haven't quite got the older players to steer them just yet. Yeah, and I, you know, that's where we miss probably an Aldred down the back line as well. So we keep sort of playing Truin and Milanaric, you know, mm. who are both pretty new at A-League level. And, uh, you know, Neville's doing a reasonable... Neville is probably a Neville and Corey Brown. I like those really good, like, a st- and Jack Ingott. I probably like those really good, like, established yeah. A-League level players that you're talking about. Mm. Um, we have a couple of reasonable imports in Aldred, O'Shea. Um, yeah, you know, Lescano's finding his feet still. Um, yeah, but then the whole frontline area is still just it's a mixed match of sort of inexperienced and trying to chuck him in. Mm. Uh, uh, not Milanisic is probably, you know, he's been played enough for Adelaide that he's 
getting up to that established good A-League quality level player. But yeah, that's that's what we're missing is probably that middle yeah. group of um, yeah sort of players. And, you know, maybe it's someone in midfield just to put their foot on the ball and just slow it down at times and control the game a bit more. Like, um, I don't know if yeah. O'Shea does that enough. Yeah, like it's, but I agree with you. Probably just, not, yeah. Yeah, like O'Shea's really good at what he does, but it's not probably that. It's not control. And yeah. and if he's going to be more forward, he's not, it's, you know, it needs to be defensive midfielder controlling the game, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I... Look, I can understand that the people are frustrated because we're not winning. Well, you know, we're one win from seven, but it's still it is still really early in the season, people. I know it's been going for like three months, but we've only played like seven games <laughs> because of both moments. So just also give them a chance. It's just yeah, I think that's a fair point, isn't it? Yeah, let us get through all the teams first. You know, if we played like Newcastle and Central Coast, like they're I'm uh-huh. not saying they're the weaker teams, but they're scrappier teams that our style might. Yeah, we might be able to compete at that level, kind of thing, because we're a bit scrappier ourselves. You know, yeah. Adelaide are very end to end, which is what caught us out so much because they're very direct. Whereas Perth, the more possession, and we were able to quash that. So, let us go through all the teams, you know, and and then decide maybe. I bl- I bl- I can very distinctly remember someone turning to me during the game and saying, or even I think it was me. No, it might have been even me, but some we all agreed it was like. The last four games at home have been against Adelaide. Like, fucking give it time. Like, yeah. <laughs> three, yeah, three of our last four home games have been against Adelaide, with the Perth game being the exception. <laughs> it's because, uh, of course, the previous home game, uh, well, the only other home games we'd have this season was Adelaide, and Adelaide was the semi-final last season. So, yeah. Uh, we should probably also give a shout-out to Sam Klein, who, uh, number 58 or something, who came off the bench really late, so, uh, for a, an A-League debut, and uh, his family was very excited for him, so, um, well done to Sam Klein. So, um, Congrats on your debut. I, I gotta. I, I don't mean to be rude to Sam, but I, he was, to, as far as I understood, he would not have even been on the radar and probably not expecting to get a run this season. So props to him for, you know, getting it, getting it, being ready when Moon needed him. I think that's good. Yeah, I think, um, and we'll get to it in the news sections. Um, Louis Sabala is exactly that point in case as well. Like full yep. squad, and he's nowhere near even getting on the bench. But injuries, the COVID, the whatever you want to throw up there there's opportunities and sometimes you just got to take your opportunity man like that's that's what life's about um you know yeah. we can definitely say that um alex parsons took his opportunity last season and went throwing it same with probably kai truan and here we are mm. all right any more he wanted to um it was one actually noticeable absentee who had did miss this game and uh was um mr nick olsen Wake facts. Hey everyone, welcome once again to the Rawcast's most unique segment, Q8 Facts, where we explore the country that welcomed our very own Nick Olsen during his footballing career. Today's fact stems from Q8's impressive recent history of flag-related world records. In 2016, the country set a record for the world's longest flag by a remote control plane during a show in Mina Abdullah. But it was towards the end of 2018 where a massive three world records were smashed. Firstly, Chevrolet, in their constant battle against Ford, pulled a 433 square meter flag along an open road and broke the Guinness World Record for the largest flag flown by a vehicle. Then, Three Q80 army officers broke a skydiving record, leaping 13,000 feet while carrying a 63 square meter Q80 flag. 
But to top it all off, the 58th year of independence ceremony saw over 4,000 students and teachers roll out the nation's flag. An incredible and timely 2019 meter Q8 symbol of pride. This registered them in the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's longest flag. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed a bit of trivia today. Thanks, guys. Back to the show. QA Facts! Yeah, Scott Olson, obviously, Nick Olson, geez, why do I keep calling Scott Olson for? Um, he, he obviously missed through COVID, and we've had the other players missing over time. I think he's the only one of on the current team that actually has COVID right now. Um, the others are all sort of at different times in when we had missed a game or two. But it's sort of adding that on top of our injuries as well. So, you know, that's probably the disappointing part to hear. Like, you know, if we are missing players. You know, we are talking about passing. Missing our captain. Yeah, our captain. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think about that? Oh, like, he's, is he a perpetual injury, a la Holman, or is he? Do you think he? Like, I don't know. The club's forever been saying he's close. I'm, I'm waiting. Come on. I don't know. Like, <laughs> th- this was the same end of last season, right? Like, we, you yes. know, he was out. He was out. We kept sort of like, and then we bought him back before he was ready, and he went off injured against was it MacArthur or Western Sydney or something like that, like in like the 20th minute, mm. and then he was away for another. He was off for another month, and then we bought him back for the final, and he basically cost us the final by being injured because he wasn't, he couldn't keep up mm. with. Uh, Tommy Urich, um, to yeah. us apart, like, and then have yeah. we even seen him this season? I don't even know if he's played a game. No. Yeah, he injured in preseason. He was injured in preseason. And then all of a sudden he gets an, in, you know, you maybe think he's back, and oh no, something else, another setback, and so. And they were very specific in announcing that he was still a few weeks away in the last mm. one of the raw, raw posts because they're trying to tape a look. He's not. He'll be back, but not yet. It's yeah, like, which when we like, just literally missed what we was. What did we get up to? We basically was a whole month without football. And yeah. it's like, you know, he was meant to be a couple of, he's like, yeah, it's like, he's but forever he, three he's weeks not away. Even at the, yeah, he's, he's not even at the in training, getting fit to come to sit on the bench level. He's still injured, injured. Yeah. So, And I'm not trying to blame Tom. I mean, if you're injured, you're injured. I'm, I'm, I guarantee you no one wants to play more than Tom Altrip right now. Yeah. But I'm just really worried. I'm just, we see this, you get players into their thirties and they just, it's, it can be a losing battle sometimes, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I know. I absolutely agree. Where it just you just never see them, and they never get back to. And if they do, they're not as good. And yeah, well, the thing is, right? Say we get another six or seven rounds in, and, and like, what do you do when he's back? You drop Truon? Do you drop Neville? Do you change the whole strategy to fit him? Like, it's not really. They're the guys that have been holding the line. Well, I mean, we've been pushing. We pushed into a. We pushed back to a back four because we basically don't have any other centre backs, right? So. Yeah. So true. you know, it, you could go back to the back five system. Um, yeah. Then, Honestly, I think back five is the way to go. But yeah, it's if we right. don't have enough centre backs to actually play back five, then there's no yeah. <laughs> point playing it. Yeah. yeah. So that was my main fear with him, and he's, he's the captain too. Mm. I, I don't think you can understate how important. Like, because you're not just captain on game day to to talk to the ref or whatever. You're a team leader in the sheds on the field. And again, we just talked about having some big presences to, to steer the youngsters, and I think he would be another one that we really miss. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, I think, you know, Jay, for his players, I think he's a quietly spoken. I'm not sure how much he's really standing there barking around instructions where Aldred probably is, which is why he probably yeah. got given the armband as well. So, mm. Mm, yeah, who knows when we're going to see him back. All right, that will do us for that one. We'll move on from that. So we, we are still in bottom place on the ladder, 12th place. Uh, we've played 7-1-1, yay! Drawn to, lost four, four goals for 10 against five points on the 
board. Next up is Brisbane Raw versus, oh, not Adelaide. Oh, that's a surprise. Um, <laughs> we're playing the Western Sydney Wanderers, so it'll be more red appearing uh, out there once again at the lo your local newspaper stadium. 6.45pm uh, kickoff on Saturday night, so it is a Saturday night game, and if Channel 10 continue what they have been doing, um, you should at least see that on your TV screens in around Queensland and maybe New South Wales, so they've been splitting up the broadcast instead of just picking one game as the broadcast game. Um, so, yeah, Western Sydney Wanderers, they haven't now. Their last game was a 3-3 versus Melbourne City on the 9th of January. Um, so that's now getting up there to, you know, three, it'll be over three weeks um, between games. Uh, but that was, they definitely had the game afterwards postponed because they had um, too many cases of COVID within their squad. Um, and the details on the more recent one that was meant up on the weekend, V MacArthur, are very, um, very, uh, there's not much information on which team was at fault. So, um, <laughs> unlike when Newcastle came out in the, for that women's game that got postponed, oh, yeah. like, boom, the, you know, Brisbane have COVID, COVID cases. My favorite thing about that, and I know this isn't to do with that, Jets was so adamant that it was Brisbane's fault that, that we're not playing. And I looked at the table and Jets have played the least number of games. Yeah. And I'm like, so was it everyone else's fault every other time? Like, yeah. Jesus, it's a weird thing to get defensive about guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, since any wonders, Butsy. Um, I believe that three-three game was actually pretty good for them, but I think they copped this Melbourne City coming back from their COVID cases. So. What, what? What I'm going to do, I'm going to answer my thoughts on Western Sydney Wanderers, and I'm going to cut it in the recording. And then every time for the next 10 years, you ask me this question, I'm just going to repeat it. Because for the last five years, when I've been active in watching the A-League, Western Sydney Wanderers are always the same. They look good, they have great players, and you sit there going, how the fuck are they not better? <laughs> I think we're going to beat them. <laughs> well, we are going to lose. We're going to lose. Uh, it's... Thanks, Fatsy. Yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, they're an absolute, like, yeah, they spend, they'd be spending almost double on their team what we are, and yet here they are. They're, like, a couple of points ahead of us on the ladder, and, yeah, they're just, they're never, they're never better than the sum of their parts. And, you know, Carl Robinson's come in, and he's mm. rebuilt the team, like, twice, and he's still blaming the players that he doesn't have the right players. Like, dude, you're the one. Like, you recruit all these players, but they recruit, like, too many of them in position, or, yeah, and they just can't. Mm. When Scott McDonald weren't there last season, it's like, what are you doing? Today? Yeah. It's like... What was the point of that? What was the point? Yeah. He played like one or two games or off the bench. Like, oh. Anyway, yeah, they're a mess of a club. They, yeah. they should be an absolute powerhouse. It's, it's a shame. <laughs> like, I don't have the history. Like, a lot of people don't like Western Sydney Wanderers. I don't, I don't have that history. I just see good players and I want them to do good. <laughs> and they just never do. And I just, I feel like they're, they're literally the career killers. You know, it's funny, like, you can almost start to look at them and you, you put it down to, well, they had the Popovich era when they first, they just had it when they first started. Like, you know, Tony Popovich, yep. they got him in and he got a real system going and Tony Popovich has proven whenever he goes elsewhere in the A-League, he got Perth firing and now he's getting Melbourne victory pretty well. Um, he's a really good manager. Pretty well, aren't they, Tolt? <laughs> yeah, probably. Pretty well. Yeah, they're going pretty well. It's all right. Going all right. Going all right. Um, oh, look. Look, he's turned uh, daggers into a uh, decent uh, striker, which um, yeah, that's yeah. that's true. Anyone that can, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. So you know, like, so, you know, and then once as soon as Popovich left, and yeah, okay, then they were homeless for three seasons, but you know, they yeah, they just sort of there was, yeah, all, there, was there was also the um, I think it also didn't help possibly with the um, active support fiasco as well, and um, there being a bit of a disassociation, I think possibly um, not as strong as they once were altogether. Yeah, I mean, and that was that was when they were roaming home grounds and trying to play, you know, their home games at an AFL stadium where the fans are, you know, they're 40, 40 meters behind the goals, and you know, it just didn't work. So, 
yeah, they've made some bad decisions along the way. And yeah, you know, New South Wales Police, but New South Wales Police, and you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, they should be a lot better than what they are. <laughs> You're absolutely. We right. should beat them because they will be. If we follow the the logic, if they've had a nearly a month off, we should be a stronger. Hmm. Than yeah, that's that's a good theory. I do just wonder whether this game is in danger of getting postponed late. That is my only. That's why I was bringing up the postponements. Anyway, we'll yeah. see what happens. I guess you know, you get over COVID in a week or two. Maybe you were getting to this, but it's a double header, isn't it, on the weekend? Yes, it is. Anything more you want to say about Wanderers and your sheep before we move on? Um, I was just going to say with the tickets, yeah, don't buy your tickets early because, uh, yeah, you don't want to be buying your tickets and then two hours later uh, finding out that uh, the game's been postponed. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, yes, uh, yeah, so it is meant to be a double header. So the A League, we'll move on the A League women's team now. So, uh,. They are currently still in seventh place. Their game on the weekend was postponed, which we sort of edged out before against Newcastle Jets. Apparently, due to too many COVID cases in our team, um, it's weird. I saw a thing, uh, you know, an Instagram story thing from one of the players, and like they were playing like a, um, you know, it was like training. It was like the Saturday before mm-hmm. we meant to play on the Sunday. It was like I had like sixteen players out there playing like a eight v eight game. It's like that seems like we had enough players. So I wonder whether it was actually like our goalkeepers got it, and we didn't have any goalkeepers to play, or something weird yeah. like that. Um, anyway. It's a by the by. Mm. Yeah, it was just it was just an interesting. Thing. I was like, hmm, that's a lot of you still there. And like most of the players that I have on Instagram, like you know, none of them sort of posting that they're at home in isolation. I was like, hmm, it's a bit weird. Um, it could have been after. You don't know when they test the final time before the match. Eh? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Perhaps. Um, yeah, so they're, but they're still in seventh place on the weekend. There's a couple other postponements, and so no one jumped us. So played seven, one, two, drawn one, lost four, thirteen. Goals for 14 against seven points on the board. And next game up for them is Melbourne City. So it is also part of the doubleheader. So this one's kicking off at four, five past four on the Saturday afternoon out there at the local newspaper stadium. Melbourne City, uh, they had been running away. They had been uh, right up there at the top of the league. So played 7-1-5, drawn, drawn a none. That's going to actually be a zero there. And uh, lost two, 15 goals for seven against, including six. I think they put past Melbourne victory uh, with Hannah, Hannah Wilkinson. Is that her name? No, Holly McMahon. No, yeah, Hannah Wilkinson, um, the Kiwi lass. Um, yeah, so uh, 15 points, but they did just lose 3-0 to Sydney FC on the weekend away from home, and they do have quite a... They uh, did lose about three players, I think, to the Matilda squad for the Women's Asian Cup. So, um, yeah, including Holly McNamara, who made a debut, and Winnie Heatley, who was used to be in the team, and someone else I can't mm. think of what's off the top of my head. So, um, yeah, Yeshiva, what are you expecting with the A-League women's this weekend? Should I really be commenting since I'm pretty sure I... Um... Sure, I said um, Melbourne City would uh, draw with Sydney FC. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I didn't tip Sydney to win. I was like, ah, Sydney women, they'll draw this week. Yeah, no, lol. Yeah, uh, look, <laughs> no, look, it'll be good. Honestly, I'll be very happy to see the girls um, uh, finally back out there again. Um, um, the fact that City has a few players out, maybe this is just the right timing. And look, I hope the girls can get a win and just build a bit of momentum because otherwise season's going to sort of be a bit of a uh, well, I can't say it's a tax write-off but a write-off is uh, probably what it's going to end up being. It's got a bit of... But look, development is happening um, like there's been some overall there's been some good things happening um, in the squads Yeah, just yeah, just I'm really just hoping to get a win hoping to God we get a win against City just get some get some goods finally happening Yeah, Bratzi any thoughts on how the women's team's going so far? No, I mean, we're a bit hot-cold, so yeah, much like the men's team, I think we're still working it out. And to be honest, with the you know the shorter W League season, I, I kind of hope we do well enough to keep 
most of the crop together and and this is like a, a long-term build for us because we've signed a lot of local players so mm. i'm not not expecting too much i hope we get competitive against city but just it's going to take time yeah that's it that's it uh, so yeah hopefully catching them at a good time and Yes, yeah, like I said, Melbourne City down a few players, so it's not a bad time to catch him overall. So, um, yes, uh, we'll look forward to see how that goes and, yeah, what they've been working on the training paddock with that extra week. So get around it. So, yeah, doubleheader out there on Saturday afternoon. Um, yes, uh, that that's does that. Um, club Championship ladder time. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, everyone's favourite ladder that they everyone is paying a complete and utter attention to. It's uh, so we're still in eighth position. However, with our win against Perth, we've drawn level. That's right, we've drawn level to win. I guess actually that makes us to equal seventh, doesn't it? Um, we're, we've drawn level with Western Sydney Wanderers after the win in the A League Men's. So, um, maybe we're behind on goal difference or something. Or I can't remember what all the tiebreakers were. Or I guess we haven't played Western Sydney Wanderers in any games yet to have a tiebreak against them. So that'll change on the weekend. Actually, no, we played them in the women's team when we lost to them in the women's. So yeah, that'll be why Western Sydney are ahead of us. Um, so yeah, anyway, <laughs> up there in eighth. Uh, yeah, don't think we're going to be challenging for that one somehow. All right, a little bit of news. Um, so probably a bit of stuff around the um, NPL team and sort of young players going around. So Louis Dabala has been promoted to a first team professional contract. Um, I presume that is something better than a scholarship. I, I would assume, like, I assume scholarship is sort of is the bridging thing and this is actually, like, a legitimate first-team contract. I don't know. I have no idea how all this works, but I found out the other day you can have 22 scholarship spots and I'm assuming that we have at least 15 of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do have a lot of scholarship players, so, you know, which... Would... All those NPL guys, scholarships, I'm sure. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I think maybe this, is, this means he's been upgraded from, like, scholarship to for proper first-team contract. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah anyway, son of something new. So congrats to Luis Zabala. Fine reward for his couple of good games in the A-League and Shani. He's definitely capable of playing at the level. So we'll have to him. And this is probably very much tied in, I wonder, at the same... Because this happened very similar timing, actually. Eli Adams has left. And he did at least... He did have an appearance off the bench, I think, for us um, yeah, sometime late last season, early this season. Uh, so he's about off to Germany for a two-week trial with Grunterforth. And um, then the article suggesting that if that doesn't work out, maybe Hanover 96 or even FC Basel. Um, he could also have a look at, um, and Ben, he can do this because he doesn't have a professional contract with us, so he's probably only on one of those scholarship positions, um, so he's allowed to just... Which kind of tells me we won't get a transfer fee for him. Uh, we'll probably get some of those, um, uh, that yeah, training, like, yeah, training yeah, things and stuff like that. A fraction of anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get some money. It's... I mean, look, the, let me still be cynical. It's great for Eli, right? Mm. If he gets a chance in Germany or Austria, then good on him. Shouldn't be so fussy about yeah. what Brisbane gets out of it. Basel's in Switzerland, mate. Not Austria. Oh, is yeah. it? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I've probably just defended two countries at once. I yes, apologize. Yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> nah, I think Switzerland and Austria get along reasonably fine. Uh, Grunther, it should be said, a, a rock bottom of the Bundesliga. Uh, I think very much like a, um, you know, just happy to be up in the Bundesliga sort of team. Um, <laughs> and But he would be in line sort of for their probably their second team anyway, he's playing further down the league. Um, yeah. Then, then our, the next one was a bit of a weird one. So, I mean, we always thought it was a slightly weird. We had three goalkeepers on the book uh, on the books this season, but uh, Aidan Munford has officially transferred to our parent club, Lions FC. And Patsy, <laughs> you just really want to you have a wonder about this, don't you? I don't. I don't get it. I've always wondered, and I'm concerned that in the most bizarre, the only thing I can think of is that we've signed him to keep him contracted and to keep him training in Queensland because he's going to stay on and train with the Roar until the Lions season starts. 
And I just wonder if we're literally just looking out for the Lions here or NPL clubs. Like, is Mooney doing someone a favor? <laughs> haven't you heard that we're? Haven't you heard that we're a feeder club for the NPL? Haven't you heard that? <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> it is. A, it is a very odd transfer. Um, yeah. If it just seems weird, we already signed Freak and we signed in Holmes, so we had some pe- young pedigree in bloody in goalkeeper, and then we went, oh, by the way, we've got this guy, but only for a few weeks. Very bizarre. <laughs> I, I noticed um, Freak and Holmes have got this thing going on on Instagram where they're like, comparing like each other, or maybe not comparing, but like they're having a go at each other about their lengths of their hair because they've both actually got quite long hair. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe Munford was pushed out because he has short hair, so, um, you know, he wasn't part of the part of the cool the cool duos. So it was like 2v1, well, sorry, mate, we've got to go with the two blokes, the long hair. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a um like a a lion's mane or yeah. a, a raw mane kind of joke in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and the, uh, it probably continue on the theme of NPL. So the NPL team are going to play the home games this season at Underwood Park. Uh, so that's like where all the uh, football Queensland are based down there at um, Springwood or Underwood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and after that's probably at least a nice little change after last season where they played all their you know in commas home games away at the opposition club anyway. So. Um, and they start their season away at Gold Coast United on the 26th of February. So um, they're playing a lot of Sunday night games, I think, uh, in their schedule. Pretty much all of them about 5pm Sundays at Underwood Park. Uh, Women's Asian Cup is going well so far for the Matildas. So the Tillies put 18 past Indonesia in a um, <laughs> rather one-sided game, in which I want to get to in a second. Might actually count for zip in the end. Um, then it was a overnight uh, a couple of nights ago. It was a four 0 over Alan Stajic featuring the Philippines national team, as um, pretty much the commentary team seemed to be almost going on about during that. And uh, next up is Thailand. So um, <laughs> technically, already through the quarterfinals and stuff like that. So tick, flick, and yeah, we're playing a pretty full strength team. And Sanko has already scored like six goals. So um, probably going to mm-hmm. win the golden boot for the competition. But uh, yeah, Sammy Kerr is the highest. Scoring Australian in the national side. Yeah, yeah, and it was a it was a nice thing. Like you know, it's yeah, Tim Kale, you know, taking a fish there from Tim Kale's record, and you know, it's uh, handing over the bat as such. But also, you know, they're both incredible players in their own books, and uh, hopefully, Sam Kerr doesn't mm. follow his, you know, his uh, his pathway in self promotion as much as <laughs> Tim. <laughs> Love you, Tim, but please stop and don't support Qatar. Tim. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah. Probably a bit of sad news. India, the hosts, were actually forced to withdraw due to um, they had too much COVID in their team and literally couldn't put a team on the park. And then no. the AFC literally turned around and said, well, you're out of the competition now because you couldn't play a game. I was like, oh, that seems pretty harsh. But then also, like, yeah. it's a comp, it's a cup comp and there's not really any spare time to play catch-up games. So I can sort of understand. But also, yeah, it just sucks that the hosts are out. But this is one thing this is just one thing I want to put out there for these sorts of things it would be nice I know it would be a lot of effort but it would be nice if there would be the ability to have a backup a backup squad of just like players so like if this ever happens I know it would be logistically fucking nightmare but well I mean the host team would be the one country you think at least could probably pull in a bunch of players at very short yeah, notice that- um, that's it. Just having the like, it would be just nice for FIFA to allow, or, or FIFA, AFC, you know, the confederations, just to allow this as a possible backup. But I get it. Logistically, it's a complete fuck. Like, imagine if all our girls got put out, and then we had to, you know, literally swing together a Matilda squad from this. That would be um, quite a logistical challenge. But yeah, I they, feel for India there. Yeah, and they did. I think there was um, obviously talk. You know, maybe they should have made the squads bigger um, to help account for this, and they didn't do that. So. 
yeah. that would have been the other method they could have helped counteract this a bit but uh yeah uh, and why I say that that will probably mean what will happen is now with India being removed, their results will be removed from that group, and then the other two groups, the bottom opponent in inverted commas, will um, their results will get nulled um, for um, for working out the third place playoff teams or the third place teams in each group. So second, whichever way around it is, so which actually means yeah, that eighteen over Indonesia will not count for anything um, because Indonesia yeah, will be bottom of group. Anyway, that's a good warm up. We just we just got to say about that Indonesian game too, like. The players on both teams kind of mingled after the game. Like I think that's important to note. Like you look at eighteen nil over someone, it's demoralizing. Or Indonesia are really happy to be playing and be around it. And our girls were welcoming, and they weren't like they were just good sports about it. Oh, they they all wanted a photo. photos post game. Yeah, they all wanted a photo yeah. with Sam Kerr, didn't they? Um, you know, Sam Kerr's a yeah, like, superstar, and they all wanted a photo with her. So. I think that's good. Like as a yeah, you beat someone eighteen nil. You got to show a bit of humility and grace, and just respect that they showed up and they played. Yeah, yeah Indonesia doesn't have to put a team in, you know. Yeah, well, that's it. You know, and look, they, they were, I think it was a very young team from Indonesia, and there's a lot of things that are, you know, only a couple of really mm-hmm. experienced players. So it's a really young team. You know, yeah. like many countries, you know, Australia is very much ahead of the curve when it comes to female football. You know, we've been we've yeah. had a professional league or a semi-professional league for over ten years now. You know. They literally talked about Indonesia. They they finally got a league together, and then COVID happened, <laughs> and so yeah, probably. exactly. So yeah, it's yeah, it would, that, that's a very nice point. Keep keep the feel good vibe and help these countries grow. Yeah, that's it. I think so. Uh, but you know, they also respected the competition by putting out a full strength team. Like they didn't, you know, they've got to respect the competition. But like, hey, we're here to win it. Yeah, because uh, and that's sort of what's leading to like my point. A lot of people are like, why would you just go and thrash them? What? A, that's pointless. Yeah. You, you should have used some of the kids and and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, look, some of that's legit. But at the same time, we respected them. They all got to play against some of their idols. You know, Sam especially and some others. And hmm. I, you know, I think I think it's good that we. We didn't upset them. We didn't go out to do anything untoward. We were friendly with them after the game. Yeah. Said thanks for coming. You know, I think mean, it's good. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Socceroos are also back in action. So there's a men's international uh, break happening right now. <laughs> we're into it. So, uh, mm. yeah, Socceroos are back in action. Uh, we've got a World Cup qualifier at home, the Vietnam. This one's down in Melbourne on uh, tomorrow night as we record this. I think we're recording this on Australia Day. Um, Yes. You think we're recording this? On yeah, I think, yeah, I believe we are. <laughs> That's why we can record it mid-afternoon and not at night time. <laughs> um, and then they go away to Oman. I just, there was a great story. I just I read it before coming on this about uh, who's our left back that plays in Turkey? Um, Bech? Yeah, Bech, yeah. I, I think he got caught up in like some sort of like sandstorm or something like that and it hasn't... Yeah, they announced yeah, that. And so yeah. he hasn't made it to Melbourne, so he's just literally heading straight to Muscat to meet up with him there <laughs> for that game. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that is crazy. Yes, so uh, yeah, that's. Um, I think, you know, from my opinion, six points is definitely required against. Yeah, we've got to beat up on Vietnam at home, and then Oman is another one that. Yeah, they've been tricky, but we should be able to beat them, and six points to really stay in the group. So, uh, and it'll be interesting because uh, yeah, Graham Arnold has COVID, so he'll be coaching from the TV. So apparently, he'll put out the squad, and then I don't know. I assume one of the assistants <laughs> then is actually going to make. You know, or is he going to have the? I don't know the phone piece in. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Oh, I wonder. It depends, doesn't it? I mean, if he's streaming, he'll always be like thirty seconds behind. That won't help. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> just put, maybe they just do like a and, chess cam on like an assistant, and uh, just do like you know, it's like a direct. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he'd still always be ten seconds behind, at least even. Can, can I just clarify the um, Azich Beach in Istanbul? It wasn't a sandstorm. It was actually the opposite. It was a snowstorm. Oh, okay. <laughs> we forget it's not <laughs> summer everywhere true. in the world. That's true. <laughs> yeah, is it bad that I thought? Oh, yeah, Middle East. That'll be um, sand. Yeah, or something like that. Or Turkey's sort of on the border. You couldn't get out of the airport. Yeah. <laughs> 
poor. Yeah, that is poor. Yeah, that sucks. Um, because I think he might even. I think Bench is a Melbourne boy as well, so he probably would have liked playing, you know, from his own. I think he's the best left back. Uh, yeah. I know that he's not been as good the last couple of years, but I think in terms of technical skill, he's the best. Mm. I know Gaz Batch has been playing well as well, but. Yeah. yeah there's I prefer a, as is. Yeah, as it's just pretty good. He's. Yeah, I, I had that bad game against Japan, didn't he? had a bit of a nightmare that one, but it really is one. Yeah, that's a, in recent memory, everyone's like, God, he's shit. And I'm like, well, he, he was good for many years, even as a young player. And I, I think he's the best if you put him skill for skill. Yeah, absolutely. And I did just want to point out as well that uh, for crazy games, so Iran v Iraq is Friday morning, 12.30 a.m. kickoff time, and uh, shit normally goes down between those two. So uh, get around it. Those two do not like each other. And, you know, for, for historical reasons. Uh, very well-established historical reasons. Um, probably just some very other quick other things. It's been four years since the numbers fell off a back of our jersey in an ACL qualifier at QSAC, and we lost to a bunch of semi-professional players from the Philippines. Fond memories. Um, what a, what a <laughs> night. Number gate. Number gate, yeah. And uh, the A-League song. Uh, in the hottest 100, nowhere to be seen. Didn't make it. Didn't even make it to the top 200, as far as I could see. So, um, yeah, some might call that a rare loss for soccer twitter as well because they didn't get around and vote for it don't, so uh but anyway i believe the hype believe that. yeah uh and the wiggles the wiggles um the wiggles got up of course uh to the chagrin of some and the enjoyment of many others <laughs> they won the vote exactly right? it's yeah i think they said in the telecast in the broadcast on the telecast sorry that like the top five like flipped around a whole bunch so it was obviously pretty close and you know it was just edged it out so you know good on you know can i throw in one more quick um socceroos related like if you're interested in the Socceroos' plight, then Japan and Saudi Arabia play on the 1st of February at 8 p.m. Ooh, yes, um, that is. That's important to how we go because if Saudi win that, it, it gives us a chance to pass Japan. Yes, yes. And if, if it's the other way, well, then just the Saudi need to lose again for us to get a chance to pass mm. them. Yeah, because in many ways it might... Yeah, it's sort of like, do you take that with Saudi? Actually, they just run away with it and therefore they're already qualified. Because mm. remember, we've got them in the last game of the, um, of the thing, yep. so... Yeah. Yeah. Or do we? Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yes, that one is very important. Yeah. Hey, just, just if you wanted to, yeah, keep an eye on that, or even just, yeah, that's the one on Tuesday. It's going to make a big difference to what we have to do to make it. Mm. Um, and I saw the Japan home qualifier has been given to Sydney as well. So, anyone that had any hopes or thoughts that that might be in Brisbane, sorry. Um, twenty fourth of March. Yeah, twenty fourth of March. Us. Uh, good about Agalis. We did um, we did put them out there. So uh, if you two are ready to do your little bits on that, and yeah, yeah I can see. Could you go? We do have. Well, a I've got more. So can I do a couple and then throw to you, and then everyone doesn't have to listen to me drone on for ten minutes. Yeah, I think so. I think that'll go. I think that'll go well. <laughs> As I do. So, yeah. Do you want to do two yeah, butsy and then throw to? Yeah, I will do. Thank you. I got um, got Brody Simpson first. Um, so we were asking for. For both games, right? So it'll be a mix of comments. Um, Brody says, good. We're finally looking like a team that know each other, which, yeah, against the Perth game. Yep, yep, agreed. Uh, bad, it's taken too long to finally push O'Shea further up, um, where he can be more creative and, and look for the, the key passes. I've mentioned I, I agree with that. Um, ugly, uh, crowd attendances are a bit low still, um, but Brody says, good work to everyone who made it, and, and thanks for doing that, but we need to do more. Uh, Joe, uh, Joel, pardon, Joe uh, Walling. There's, there's a clear togetherness within the team and their hard workers, which again, evidenced by when, when Hall scored and they all, all gone and got among it. <laughs> uh, bad, one out of 11 shots on target, eight out of 11 shots off target, despite having 50% possession against Adelaide. 
Ugly, also crowd attendance. We can't seem to win. Go to Suncorp, it would look even lesser and it'd be bad for the club, but we go to Redcliffe and everyone says it's too far and we don't get enough people showing up. <laughs> How can we win that battle? Look. Yeah, over to you, mate. All right, so we've got two from the Facebook page. So we've got Simon Grant here. Good. Mille Usnich, pace and energy. I'm loving that he's, that he's that he has Mille Usnich in two of these, just to really test your pronunciation there. Yeah, <laughs> cop that. You yeah. know, you guys always giving me shit for my crap pronunciations. <laughs> yeah, thanks, 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 Simon, for giving me a hand here. Bad. Mille Usnich, finishing. <laughs> Ugly. Millet, no. Uh, <laughs> ugly. Matty Steinman v Adelaide. He, he was decent against Perth, but I would love to see his stats for the Adelaide game. Wow, he had a shocker. Uh, well, yeah, look, there's definitely some people in that stadium that maybe agreed with you there, Simon. Uh, and then we've got also Taran Saunders. Good. The first two minutes. The bad. All the other minutes of that match. So I assume he's talking about <laughs> Adelaide here. Otherwise, geez, he doesn't. I like that. Good. Two minutes. Bad. All the other minutes. Uh, uh, the, the ugly. No sign of improvement or change. It's hard, isn't it? I, and that's the hardest part. Like that's what everyone's trying to judge. Are we getting better or are we not getting better? And is it too soon or have they had? months of getting this shit together <laughs> like i i do see why people like why he why he he thinks that because you can just yeah, if, you, if you take this is why i said and I, when i say this i'm not saying this against anyone i just read out i mean just in general us as football fans in general we can be fickle but the thing is right now we're not the greatest um tool in the shed so i can see why there's that criticism about it yeah, Butsy, back over to you, mate. Yeah, sure. So I got um, Wooly Brune, uh, good, starting to gel as a team. Uh, Jay taking that attacking mid-roll is creating chances. Maddie's looking more at ease in the defensive role. And uh, Lewis Z looks like a find. So, uh, you know, again, we were saying mixed opinions on guys like Steinman, for example. <laughs> yeah. um, bad, still not putting the chances in the back of the net. Uh, ugly. Being an essential worker, but also on a vulnerable list, so restricted on where I can go at the moment, so I can't make the home games. Which, Ooh. yeah, look, that's unfortunate. I, I feel for you there, mate, because yeah, it's it's a troubling time, and we've all everyone's getting impacted differently, and it's not always great. Hey? And that ties into the point about the attendances as well. Like, we're not the only ones, um, you know, being smashed by great attendances. Like the whole A League is. Um, you no, know, to be fair, mm. our crowds actually look okay-ish. Like, you know, two, five thousand crowds. Sydney only got four thousand home against us, um, you know, the week before. Uh, even Melbourne Victory for the Big Blue had, like, less than 11,000 there, so they've been struggling to get people in through the doors. The Big Bash crowds have been annihilated. Um, so I think mm. people are just being more picky and choosy about what they go to, you know? And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be really interested. To, uh, even the AFLW has certainly been struggling as well. So I'll be really interested to see how... Um, attendances go for like afl and nrl this season like you know yeah uh, maybe maybe the sort of this omicron wave will be over and people have some confidence to get out and about again or, but yeah at the moment it's it's hard yeah. right and not to go into full covid watch on the whole thing but keep in mind as well it's not just about coming to a game of footy like if you catch covid everyone it's going to impact everyone different i'm i'm like been back working full-time in my office last couple of weeks and you soon get to realize, look, there are people with families. You get COVID, it, it messes your whole family out. Like me, I'm, I'm single, so I get COVID. 
I go lock myself in a room for a week and, and generally the impact is, is quite minimalistic beyond myself. Yeah. But a lot of people have families. They live with other different people. They work in different environments. I had a friend who works in a hospital who got it. So obviously what he needs to then do to return to work is a lot more significant than what I would need to do after isolating. And it's not just... Oh, I just chose not to come to the footy because just yeah, I'm not, I don't feel it. It's you got to make sure you're weighing that up. You know, a lot of people being overly cautious for a lot of reasons. So it's a bit hard to judge sometimes. Yeah. Also, people maybe on the other side of the coin, people that know they have some sort of potentially underlying health condition. Like, but this is the thing: there could yeah. there could be quite possibly right now a lot of I've got to say this, but more elderly fans that would love to be coming to games but they know that if they you know, get sick at all it could cause them some serious troubles and and just in general you know you could have a 25 year old who's you know, relatively okay but has some sort of chronic um, health disease that if they get COVID they could be up shit's creek without a paddle it's the, the big thing right now people have got to focus on and even, and even me I, I even personally sometimes wonder uh, myself, geez, am I doing the right thing coming to games? Because I've had some health troubles for a while and my, my sick leave has been absolute zero. And I think, geez, if I get uh, COVID, that's going to knock me off. And um, yeah, but but I'm in your boat. See, so for me, it's I'm single, I'm by myself. Mm. I have very little mm. to worry about in terms of any codependence. But yeah, so, <laughs> but it's also, you know, can you work and not work and stuff? Yeah. Too. Just, for, just for all those raw fans out there that, you know, they might be staying away from games, we're, we're thinking we're thinking about you here. Yeah, that's so, it. there's different. Yeah, don't, don't feel. There's different reasons for everyone. I think that's that's the that's the point. Let's move on. Let's move on from COVID. Yeah. Can I can I hit a couple more and then? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's so only thanks you. Thanks to, to Ellis. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Ellis Lamborn. Um, good, looking somewhat competitive now that we can score a couple of goals. Uh, bad. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we're just talking about this. Bad is active support compared to the other club, other clubs, and the big blue yesterday. Active support is. I'll say lackluster. They were not quite as nice as that. <laughs> um, ugly is a lack of recruitment. It's January. We're bottom of the table. Um, we have injuries and absentees, yet we've seen no action in the market. Um, they, they reference the signings of Cummings and, and Jenkinson, which are huge for the clubs that they've signed for, which I think is Central Coast and Victory. Um, and um, others in the league, but nothing for Brisbane when we're probably the team that needs it most. Yeah, I think even Warren Moon was saying that, uh, yeah, that... And I've heard that, yeah, we, we have very little money left in the bucket to be going and signing in everyone. So what money we did, we probably just spent on um, upgrading Louis Zabala from a scholarship yeah. to a first-team player. And that's about all we'll probably see in this, uh, this window. But, uh, yeah, look, that, that's the money. That's yeah. the lack of recruitment money. That's that's where that all is at. So, um, yeah, we're not, sign- we're not yeah. signing anyone. Or if it is there, it'll be just another NPL level or, a, you know, young player. Yep, yep. And I got John Lang here, who's obviously quite uh, active in all the um, socials. Uh, good. Miliusnich scoring within two minutes of Adelaide. Uh, it must be close to a record. Uh, also good is Moon's passion when Neville got the yellow card. Um, bad and ugly. In the glory game, 28 shots for one goal. In the Adelaide game, 11 shots for one goal. Um, but it has to be said, if we don't have so many injuries, um, we, we would and we will be a better team. So that's, that's the wrap. And thanks to everyone. For jumping in there and throwing in because it's, I think it gives us a better canvas of opinions of, of how we all feel and it helps us all keep a level head when we're talking about it. 
Let everyone shares their opinions. Be, uh, he might be right about it. That almost be one of our fastest set of goals. Um, yeah, how have you gone on that uh, on that ultimate eight league searching there, Yeshiva? Because <laughs> I got a new one for you. Oh, that, going that... through the times of goals. I don't know. <laughs> scored in the first minute or not? Like that's that. Well, that's actually been done. Uh, that was actually finished off a long time ago. So I'm going to read out to you the. Look, yeah, look, it's going to continue the theme of the show going on and on and on. Hey, listeners, you think the show's ending anytime soon? Nah, a joke. I'm just going to quickly read out the um, the starting eleven, st- the starting eleven and subs of the last time we lost a game on Wednesday. Shorten it so it's not too long. Young, Brown, Devere, Donaghy, Hinkett, Mackay, Bratton, Broich, Piat, uh, Potatos, Kudjevic, Solano, Chalmers, Jackson, Lustica, Klutz, Shannon, Brady. Last time we lost on a Wednesday night was Wednesday, 15th of April. 2015 against Melbourne Victory, 2-1 loss. But granted, though, to be fair, the wins... Look, I've got them all on here. We've got draw Jan 2019, win Jan 2020, win July 2020, and then, yeah, you can see the Wednesday night games just keep on happening. So that's why Brisbane Raw put that game on against Perth, and I, for one say to David Poray, keep putting games on a Wednesday, because, mate, it works. I feel like we should do him an award and, like, post it to him on the <laughs> socials or something. Most longest undefeated on run Wednesday. on a Wednesday in the A-Leagues. <laughs> yeah, individual, yeah, longest run on a yeah, individual. Oh, probably... see, don't, don't, put that, don't put that idea in my head now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> God, no, I'm not doing that. Fuck that. That's a way. Everyone sent Nate a message and asked him if he's done it yet. <laughs> no, fuck that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great, it's a great theory. It's a great thing, is it? Now he's gonna have to check every night of the week who has the longest run on each night. <laughs> like maybe someone else has got a better record on Wednesday nights, and we just don't know. You know, it's... no, you just claim it until someone exactly. disproves it. That's how you do records these days. Well, that's, that's the best way on the internet, isn't it? Proof that um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> prove you don't. Sadly, sadly, I am about to start doing it. So, <laughs> oh, well, you needed something to do on uh, your Wednesday night, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna gonna turn that we're gonna turn from being something enjoyable into me bashing my head against a brick wall. And no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it for the the uh, greater good. <laughs> While you're doing that, let's move on to a little bit of tipping, shall we? So uh, yes, so here's a where that we're up to. So um, down down the bottom, uh, Yoshiba and the listeners keep being paced with each other. Uh, three each this week. Um, so it's out of eight across the Ute and Dub leagues. Um, so 25 altogether. Dan, you had a donut in the Ute league, mate. Ooh, that's uh, the first good. one. Is um, it? Might be actually um, donuts. Yes. Uh, actually, no. Dave had one in round three in the Ute league. So um, yeah. That's all right. Then. Yeah, so not alone. alone. So, but uh, you are up there. You know, you're now joint top of the donuts league. So, uh, you know, you've got to watch <laughs> out for that. So, only two correct for you this weekend. It's on 28 points. Uh, Rick, uh, he had three right for 34. Uh, ben slipped backwards a bit, and Dave caught up to him. So, Dave had a better round had before. He had, was the best on the week uh, across the tipping. Ben only had the two. Uh, they're up to 35. And yours truly, I am still three ahead uh, on 38, and I got three right on the weekend as well. So. Um, Dave did actually get a perfect uh, three-game round in the dub, so well done to Dave for correctly tipping those ones. 
So what we'll do, of course, is we do just uh, grab the one tip each um, across this, and that's sort of what forms our charity bet going forward. Both charity bets did fail on the weekend, so we didn't get either up, um, disappointingly. So we're going to be looking at uh, Western United versus... So this is in the Ute League and the A-League men's. Western United versus Melbourne City. Yeshiba, who have you got in that one? Uh, draw. Draw. Bye-bye, charity bet. <laughs> That's 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 good. Uh, fails at leg one, written all out. No, it's that's a that's a tricky one. Uh, that is a tricky one. But see, I'm going to get you to tip our uh, our men's team, Brisbane versus Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, I stick to my guns. Brisbane are going to beat a un unmatched fit Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, Dave has uh, actually slung his tips in, so I'm going to use one of his just because there's four games in each, and that makes it nice and even there. So he's got the Sydney versus Central Coast Mariners game, and he's back the Central Coast Mariners to get the business done uh, in that one. So uh, they did just beat him in the FFA Cup recently, so they might be onto something there. And I am going to tip Newcastle v Adelaide, uh, which... Oh, mm, I think Newcastle haven't played in a while, so I'm going to pack Adelaide on that same theory that Batsy is um, in that one. Mm. So, um, yeah, Newcastle are weird. They're like they're 11th on the ladder and have a positive goal difference. So, like, it's just a little bit weird. Something, yeah, hey. something. So, but they haven't <laughs> played for so long. You're like, well, where are they at? And if we work on that same theory. Uh, let's move across a bit yeah. to the dub here now. So, uh, we're going to. So, Western Sydney Wanderers v Adelaide. Batsy, that one's back at you. Yeah, I think Adelaide, Adelaide on that one. Yeah, I've shoved shit on Western Sydney Wanderers twice now. Oops. Yeah, they've, they've come pretty good in that recently, the Adelaide um, Adelaide United. Uh, Dave, I've got down to do the Brisbane v Mel- Mel- uh, Manchester, not Manchester, Melbourne City game, uh, the home game. So he's gone for the Melbourne City girls to get up in that one over our uh, dub team. Um, Perth v Wellington, I'm going to tip that one in the first ever distance derby, I think, in the dub league um as they quickly have a look up um perth are actually going really well so i'm going to back them in that one and the wellington team is young and inexperienced and that leaves for you yeshiva <laughs> newcastle versus canberra would you like to back in that one canberra no canberra? yes yes no maybe Cam- canberra yes and i fucked it sorry listeners uh, they're uh, more charity people, I should say. There goes the charity bet again. Yeah, well, it's, it's an inch. Oh, look, that's a 50-50 game, that one. So um, I could go either way. Uh, New, New, Newcastle, Newcastle is without um, uh, Vene Mond now, so... Yeah, yeah that's true, that's true. Um, yes, so that wraps up the tipping, of course. So, yes, we're going. We're backing a draw in Western United versus Melbourne City in the... This is in the A-League men's, so we're going for Brisbane over Western Sydney Wanderers, Central Coast over Sydney, and Adelaide over Newcastle. And then in the, the dub league, we're going for Adelaide over Western Sydney Wanderers, Mel, Mel, Melbourne City over Brisbane, Perth Glory over Wellington, and Canberra United over Newcastle. And of course, if you want to get involved, or listeners, so you know, and you need to get involved, all right? Some of these, some of these um, threads on Twitter are getting not many votes in them. Um, so, you know, you can really influence the results here, just you, an individual listener. So jump on our Twitter, at the Rawcast. Dave puts them all up, sort of, generally, he's been waiting till about the day of the game, um, just because there's so much uncertainty over where the games go ahead and um, things like that. So, you know, it does come out a little bit late when we put in a little thread there of sort of each day's games, and you can go and vote on each one. So get involved. So that's at the Rawcast on Twitter to get involved with that. And you too can tip along with us. Of course, if you do want to follow us on any other social medias, you can jump on that on Facebook, at The Rawcast on Facebook, at The Rawcast on Twitter. And we do upload these episodes to all good podcasting platforms, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, these are originally uploaded to Anchor.fm as well. 
And, uh, you know, again, remind you that you can actually leave us a... I think you can still leave us a minute-long message if you wanted to do that. So, um, yeah, if you want to get involved <laughs> with that as well. So um, feel free to do that. Maybe leave us a good bag ugly or something fun. after the weekend's game by the one-minute message. All right, that will do us, uh, I think, for this week. And uh, thank you very much, Mr. Yoshiba. Thank you much, good sirs. Thanks for listening, listeners. I know it's been a big effort. Thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> and Mr. Danny Butts, thank you, good sir. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to be, be back on the yes, pod. It was very good to have you back. Um, that will do us for this week, listeners. We'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye. Yeah.